Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast on a Monday, you guys, in which we still have four games left to be played in this week 15, in this first week of the fantasy football playoffs. So there are probably plenty, not probably, there are definitely plenty of people who have no idea if they are advancing to the semifinals or if their fantasy season is going to be wrapped up here in this week 15. We do know it was one of the biggest letdown fantasy playoff weeks, and we're going to get into all that as we discuss on this show, on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller here with you. I am joined, as always, by Jake Seeley. Jake, how are your playoff matchups shaping up right now? Nah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, there we go. I already, I already <laughs> tweeted out the, that I understand everybody's pain. I was up 61 to nothing with Jonathan Taylor and Travis Kelsey heading into Sunday. And then Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Cordero Patterson, the San Francisco 49ers defense, Ooh, and Saquon Barkley got me a combined wonderful 40 more points. <laughs> and now Justin Fields has to score 25 to save my season. All right, let's do it, Justin. He could do that. He's got that club in his bag if he's going to yeah, run the way right. he did last week. No, the fact that I started with Kelsey and Taylor and need Justin Fields to save my season with those names, this is the epitome of 2021 fantasy football. It really is, and you're going to be among, a, I would guess, a very small sliver of the population that could possibly lose with Jonathan Taylor and Travis, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> given what they did yeah. this week. Brandon Funston, also here with us, of course. Funston, how your uh, matchup shaping up? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. I got one uh, that's still very tightly contested because I was going against Alvin Kamara and Mike Evans last oh, night, and I was like a 25% chance to win. Suddenly, I'm like 50-50 chance to win. So uh, thanks to those guys. Um, unfortunately, in the other league, I decided to replace Lamar Jackson with Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tyler Huntley. Mm. Uh, so that one's kind of oh. sunk my battleship, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, who expected Tyler Huntley to be QB one of ones? Yes. Yeah, it's a little bit crazy. And QB one by a wide margin, depending, of course, on what uh, the four games uh, go the rest of the week. Maybe maybe Nick Mullins will be QB one when it's all said and done. This is why I wish those rankings didn't lock at one o'clock and they would find something to be able to change them because I had Huntley at like 19 and I wouldn't put him at one. I wouldn't yeah, put him at no 10. Key. But yeah. if I that was partly like Lamar Jackson might surprise us and play mm-hmm. and they might start was, the game with him. If, if I knew Lamar Jackson was out, I probably would have had Huntley around 12 or 13. I would have had him in front of Garoppolo just because of what we saw mm-hmm. last week, the rushing side alone. Yeah. Yeah, screw the Ravens and their terrible injury reporting <laughs> and leaving that one. I was so frustrated Sunday morning with the complete lack of Lamar Jackson updates, you know, before yeah. the early games. And I was like, I had to, you know, I had to make a decision. And at that point, I was like, well, there is this. I haven't seen him declared inactive, so I might as well go with Garoppolo here. And it was Just, brutal. You have to. Just- Absolutely, absolutely brutal. Um, I'm playing in two playoff matchups this week. Um, It's looking like I'm probably going to lose both. I've got a sliver of hope in one if I get big performances out of Justin Jefferson and Matthew Stafford for the rest of the week. Uh, but a oh, big that's Justin, tough. Right? Well, a big Justin Jefferson performance would for sure knock me out of the other one because I'm going oh, up against Jefferson. I Oh, it's so you you have a Jefferson and you're going up against a Je- so like you yeah. win or lose either way. <laughs> uh, and and the odds are that I lose both. That even a big Justin Jefferson performance won't save me in the one where I have him, and it will for sure sink me in the one that I don't. So chances well, are on the flip I side, I was facing Eric. I was facing Eric Young in the flex leagues, and I, yeah. he had Mahomes and Kelsey to start. I'm uh-huh. like, well, I'm screwed. And then <laughs> everything started breaking right for me until, as you said last night with Funston, is like I had Godwin, and then yeah. And that's now, Ooh. yeah. I had a cha- I had a chance to overcome it because he had a lot of the, my bad luck, and now, yeah. So it's not going any good way. That's why I said I don't want to talk about it. Well, hopefully, <laughs> uh, we we hopefully we end up coming up and out on the right side of at least I'm a couple sad. of our matchups, and we are among the week fifteen winners. But in the fantasy world, Jake, as we always start, yes. winners and losers. Who is the week fifteen winner for you this week? 
Uh, the people that want to say don't draft running backs because they all show up at the end of the year and blah, 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 blah. Running backs <laughs> don't matter because you get the champion, Craig Reynolds, at yeah. this point. You can enjoy the living hell out of Craig Reynolds. And I will say this. Jokes aside with him, he definitely won again because even Jamal Williams coming back, it looks like at worst case they're going to try and see what he is potentially for next year yeah. and maybe a split. But I would say the real, real winner is we can finally trust the Bills running back. Like at this yeah. point, this is coming from our own reporting too at the Athletic, is that the team trusts him and he looks good. And actually, if you look at yesterday's carries, one carry that was a running back that wasn't him. The other was Isaiah McKenzie had some. Josh Allen had three. Mm-hmm. Matt Breida had one carry. Nothing in the passing game. It was all Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and active again in a game where you would have thought Zach Moss would be out there sure. because they like to run him in games where they're in control. No Zach Moss. I'm still scared of Josh Allen at times, but Devin Singletary, I think, is now in the RB2 conversation. Is something I never thought I would have said before. Uh, I'll go with Amon Ross and Brown. He went from, you know, a few weeks ago being like, oh, the 12 targets, you know, the eight catches or nine catches, whatever it was. Uh, it's a novelty. It's nice. You know, it's interesting. And then the next week he did you know, high volume again. And then Beller on Sunday, we had a ton of Amon Ross St. Brown questions. I don't want to go back and, and, you know, and do an accounting of how many people we told to not play him or, or you know, or I mean, we told some <laughs> we people were, to we play. Were about down the, we were about down the middle, I would say. I, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. But. Like he became someone that was a legit option for playoff teams, and he came through, came through with flying colors. So you know, three weeks in a row of now of, of this, I think we kind of welcome into like a next class of fantasy football wide receiver at this point. Yeah, I think he's going to be someone who is pretty safely started over week sixteen and seventeen for managers who are still alive with him. But <laughs> uh, with what he's done the last, I mean, three, it's three I weeks. I start of, him over Cordell Patterson at wide receiver, which I just did. Three straight <laughs> weeks of double digit targets, you guys. You, that, yeah. That's unignorable, and he's producing with them too. It's not like he's getting. Did you just 12, make up a word too? I did. Amon Ross St. Brown deserves it. it with what he's done the last three weeks. It's not like he's getting Here's twelve one. targets and catching three. I'll kick it back to you, Beller. Okay. If I somehow survive. I'm telling you what I would do yeah. right now. Sure. To see if you agree. I had you just I gave you my team. Mm-hmm. And if I somehow survive, Amon Ross St. Brown was on the bench. Amon Ross St. Brown is starting over Amari Cooper for me next week. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. I don't know if I could go all that way. Would you go all that way, Funston? Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta for for the, the Lions get the Falcons. Because yeah, here's I mean, why. Oh, go ahead, well, Jake. Uh, hold on. Uh, you answer first. I'm going to look up something real quick. I'm going <laughs> to actually look where. Oh, no, because I was just about to say, I'm going to look where. St. Brown's running his routes because of Terrell. That like that AJ yeah. Terrell could be a concern. So like, like that's what I was going to look at. I don't know. Like you hate to go down with the an always start your studs kind of approach. Like you know, Amon Ross St. Brown getting a dozen targets each of the last three Cooper weeks hasn't been a stud since the middle of the season. I know, but it's just like, what are you hoping from Amari Cooper to do? What Amon St. Ross St. Brown has done in the last three weeks? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would. Yeah. I think at this point. We're very well settled in. It's Atlanta. It's a better matchup. He's the guy that's producing right now. I think you got to make these hard decisions because you don't want to go down well, going with the name 60, brands. 60-30. 30% What's out wide, 60% in the slot for mm-hmm. Amara St. Brown. Josh Reynolds is 90% wide. Cliff yeah. Raymond is 65% wide. So, yeah, I actually don't think – I think Terrell might be on Josh Reynolds a lot. Yeah, that's what that sounds like to me, and so it's unignorable again. The, <laughs> inactivate uh, Patterson, yes, Jiggles. <laughs> as I said, the couple inactivated, inactivate him. <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of losers in Week 15. Which one stands yes. out to you the most, Funston? At least in terms of like, you know, we could look back and say, whatever, Player X had a horrible week, but it doesn't really mean something going forward. How about something that going forward for people who survived week 15 that they can make actionable for them in week 16 among the week 15 losers. I changed up because I was just going to say the quarterback position. Uh, yeah, I just no, counted it out. It's eight of eight of the so a quarter of the starting quarterbacks in week 15 didn't throw a touchdown pass like one out of every four <laughs> didn't throw a touchdown pass. And like we saw Tyler Huntley and just a bunch of randos are in the top 10 this week. And Tom Brady, he's in the bottom five. You know, it's it's crazy. It takes him ill. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, this it's a topsy-turvy quarterback position. I don't know. You know, it's – you take it with a grain of salt, I guess, for, for next week. And, and you just go back to how you thought about all these guys. But what a what a random week. Um. So Jiggles kind of set it up. I was going to say Cordell Patterson. The fun's over. Yeah. Like, it seems like it is, right? I – 
27 attempts over the past two weeks. It was 11 for something disgusting. It wasn't even 20 yards last yeah. week and or yesterday. So I'm just looking at the and when they got to the goal line, it was just most inexcusable play. Like you run a, a toss sweep with him and he's an upright like that. Just what are you doing? Like he, that, <laughs> that just doesn't fit. And they brought in Allison and then yeah. Mike Davis is getting t- like he's out there. What I'm, I'm trying to find a snap. 55 percent of the snaps the past two weeks. He's just not, and he's lining up. They're putting him back at wide receiver now, too, because yeah. they're mixing him back out there. I think the fun for Cordell Patterson is legitimately done. I, I would put it this way. I said I had Cordell Patterson at wide receiver. If you have it, if you're on the sleeper app and you can play there, I would definitively, there's no question in my mind, bench him for Amon Ray St. Brown. So yeah. it might be the odd man out there is just Cordell Patterson. I, mean, I guess I got to stop just automatically ranking him at number 12 at both running back and wide receiver in the <laughs> weekly ranks. It's been, it's been yeah. auto for a while. So what is this? Is, is this Atlanta this just getting a little too close to playoffs and they, you want to pump the brakes on that? What's what's going on here? Like, <laughs> what's the yeah, point in, in not using him at this point? I don't get it. I can't explain it at all. And But it's true. I mean, we're, we're seeing it before our eyes. And it's just something I think we have to react to as we're looking at the next couple of weeks of these fantasy football playoffs. And I, I don't know if we ever see a week as th- this bad for star players across the board again. Uh, but obviously, we're hearing that uh, the start your studs discussion coming up. Now, I, I don't want to say, like, you know, everything that happened in the past happened in the past, including things that just happened 24 hours ago. But... You look at this week, I guess the, the real question is, when do you go away? When does start your studs become something that is like just lazy and something that you actually maybe consider? Is there any sort of thing that we can draw off of week 15 that maybe is instructive to us as to when maybe you take a guy who has been starting for you, no doubt about it, and maybe now because of this or that you do bench him? Is there anything we can learn from week 15 in that way? It's, I think it's two-part. I think one is, what's your definition of stud? And I would say, first of all, that needs to be clarified in the fact that it's only ones. Like, I wouldn't even include twos. Twos are not studs. Mm-hmm. Ones are studs. First, second, maybe third round in drafts. Studs. Those are studs. You didn't bench back to Mahomes. You didn't draft right. them to bench him at this point. And look what just happened. Kelsey, two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And not that anybody was benching Kelsey, but that's, you know, two weeks in a row, three points. Nobody's benching Kelsey because those are your studs. Yeah. But you can go further than that at wide receivers. You're not benching C.D. Lamb if he was, you know, two bad games in a row. But... Studs don't include Amari Cooper. Like, they don't include wide receiver twos. They don't include yeah. DK Metcalf. It's not a stud at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. So, first of all, clarify what studs are. But second of all, it hasn't been one or two weeks for Cooper and Metcalf. It hasn't been, you know, one or two games for Cordero Patterson. Now it's now three in a row. Now yeah. you can consider it, you know, because he turned into a stud, but now he's not anymore. So, you have to say the more history, I wouldn't do it off in a reaction of one or two bad games. Mm-hmm. But with multiple games of scenarios, the quarterback play is affecting Cooper. It's a lot easier at wide receiver to bench what aren't studs, like fringe studs. Uh, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing is if it's a running back who's getting 20 touches every single week, I still wouldn't. Like Nick Chubb has had a couple bad games. And the COVID situation aside for tonight's game. But I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. you're not benching Nick Chubb coming off, like, his workload. Yeah. I think another thing that is that, like, we talk about all these guys. We don't have them all in uh, intimately managing them all season long. But if you're somebody that has Amari Cooper and Amon Ross St. Brown and you're filling out your lineup in, a, in the postseason of your fantasy playoffs – like, you know how you feel about this. And you've been watching Amon Ross St. Brown get a bunch of targets and, and produce. And you've been watching Dallas be, a, you know, a game manager kind of offense lately. Yeah. And you've been seeing it. And you're like, you are you know the feeling of what feels right when you set your lineup. And in that case, you know, it's probably going to be Amon Ross St. Brown because matchup's good. The recency production's good. It makes sense in that Lions offense. He was a guy they went out and, and, and you know, targeted in the draft. He's talented. Like, it's just there's you know, it'll feel right when you're setting your lineup for the playoffs. Narrow your definition of studs, take recent track record into account. That's how you end up making the right decisions, I think, or at least get yourself into a process that leads you into something you're going to be most comfortable with as you're looking at who truly so qualifies here. <laughs> so you can trust it. Exactly. Um, let's get into some, uh, let's get into some of our game by game breakdowns here. I want to start out with the big upset of week 15, the lions, just, I mean, this was never a game, and I lost my survivor on this. So seven people left. I was one of those seven, and I am now out. I watched a lot of this game because of that. The Lions blew the doors off of them. This was truly never a game. And I, I think, like, 
going into week 16, here you go. Perfect, perfect uh, transition from what we were just talking about. Like you're starting Kyler Murray, but uh, Jake, I mean, are you worried about what you saw from this offense without DeAndre Hopkins and what the receivers left were able to fill in? No, because we've actually seen this offense without DeAndre Hopkins already before. So, And we've seen Kyler Murray have a bad game. The biggest thing, uh, to go back to a preseason bold prediction from Brandon, was that Kyler Murray didn't want to run as much this year, that he was taking the easy Yes, under. I was thinking about you, Funston. And, and, and it takes away part of the game. I mean, this is a big thing. Like, This is why if Lamar Jackson was playing, I had him in the rankings. If playing, I, was had him, I didn't have Lamar Jackson inside my top 10. And we had this discussion mm-hmm. on Thursday. It's like you can't take away that facet of these kind of quarterbacks that it's not just the fact that they run for fantasy. It's the fact of their running threat. Like if you take away Josh Allen's legs, you're taking away part of what makes them so dangerous yep. because you have to account for that. And when defenses have to account for one additional factor, you take away part of their game. Well, if you can sit back on Kyler Murray, he's a good passer. Is he top? Is he Tom Brady passer? No, who could also have a bad game as we just saw yesterday. So you just can't take that dimension away. I'm still okay with it. If I have Kyler Murray, I'm still rolling him out there. I'm still trusting Christian Kirk and A.J. Green as wide receiver threes. Christian Kirk actually finished as a top, what, 12 wide receiver this week. A.J. Green was a solid wide receiver three. That's all he was. But I'm still trusting all of them. The backfield's back to what we saw before, that split that we expected. So I'm just rolling him out there. But, yeah, there's no way. I like Put it this way. Lamar Jackson's out and Tyler Huntley's starting and I happen to pick him up, I'm still starting Kyler Murray. Like, I'm going down with Kyler Murray just the same way I'm going down with Patrick Mahomes. Sure, sure. I was thinking about you, Funston, watching that game because there were multiple opportunities Kyler had to take off and run. And I'm not saying take off and run and he was leaving 40-yard gains on the table, but there were definitely six, seven, nine, four-yard gains that he left on the table multiple yeah. times for things that ended up becoming nothing. It's not like he bought time and then Do you hit have a 30-yard play down eight? the field. You just like what's wrong with eight, six, seven, nine, twelve? You just <laughs> just the way the brains working this morning, I guess, Jake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he like very clear, like running was a very obvious last resort for Kyler yesterday. Yeah, and I think even it's exacerbated because I don't think he's you know one hundred percent at this point, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so that's another thing. But now you're seeing like he needs that, otherwise, like. A, a god-awful passing Cam Newton can outproduce him in fantasy because he throws up to 70 rushing yards and a rushing TD. I mean, he's got to yeah. give you something on the ground or else it's a big part of the, it's a big part of the package. So, um, look, at, I, I watch Kyler Murray, and I, there's a lot I don't like about him throwing the ball. If that's all he is, that changes the whole perspective. I mean, he hasn't yeah. run as much, but he's got to run some. Yeah, it totally changes what this offense is capable of doing, and we saw that uh, against the Lions yesterday. We already talked about Amon Ross St. Brown. We talked about Craig Reynolds, uh, both guys who are definitely on the fantasy radar. And again, I think Amon Ross St. Brown, not to beat a dead horse, but 9 out of 10 Amon Ross St. Brown managers are going to want to be starting him in Week 16 and Week 17. So long as they're still playing, St. Brown plays for you. Let's get Steelers and Titans on the board here, you guys. Steelers come away with a 19-13 to win. Another gross game offensively for both of these teams. Deontay Foreman came through with a nice fantasy performance. You really got nothing out of anyone on Pittsburgh. This was a game that was dominated by the defenses. And Funston, what does that tell us about both these teams going forward? Because this is who they are for at least the remainder of the regular season. And, you know, for Pittsburgh for the rest of the season, however long their season goes. Yeah, it's gross. I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's the running backs a bust. I mean, uh, Julio Jones had to do a double take. He had he didn't he he literally gave you nothing um and so the end of the mid-30s auto rank on julio jones will end after two weeks of (laughs) of poor results he's not even healthy anymore yeah Yeah, exactly uh i thought this was going to be a smash spot for for deontay johnson uh and for this passing game so that's discerning because that's a tennessee titans defense that people have been picking on in the past all year long and roethlisberger's had some good moments throwing the ball in recent weeks and what happened? I mean, that's that just kind of throws a monkey wrench in the whole idea of of you know you're going to still use Deontay Johnson because he's always going to get the volume, but man, that's that's going to have to temper your enthusiasm for how you thought he might be able to help mm-hmm. you going down the stretch. Jake, what are you oh, doing with yeah. these offenses? So, uh, continue. Same. Nothing. You got. You got to start. If you survive, you got to start Najee Harris. If you survive, you start sure. Deontay Johnson. You could bench Claypool, but yeah, that there wasn't much to add to what Fonston said. Yeah, right. And Deontay Foreman is in there for us, but that's really the only guy on Tennessee you can trust. And I, I mean, that's just gonna that's gonna be true for the rest of the fantasy season, unless somehow we see Derrick Henry return in Week 17, which. 
I don't know. I mean, it, I guess San Francisco though. I don't even. Look, I mean, you have to because running back's so thin. But uh-huh. the way that San Francisco chews up the clock, and then we just saw the just the, the number of opportunities for the offense. Yeah. I, I think Foreman's going to be an RB three this week, as much as he's looked great. And I'm I'm super happy he came back in that game. But yeah, it's going to be tough. You're just going against the 49ers, both from the defensive and chewing up the clock standpoint. Yep, and that's a Thursday night football this week. Titans and 49ers. The uh, Steelers get the Chiefs, and that leads us to Chiefs and Chargers. One of the games that actually did deliver from a fantasy perspective way back on Thursday. Mahomes doing his thing. Kelsey, Tyreek. Um, Austin Eckler in a not-quite 100% workload performance still gave us a very nice fantasy game. Keenan Allen showing up. Justin Herbert throws for two and runs for one. This game delivered. This game gave us, you know, it, it, it lulled us into Week 15 being something that we could predict, and then obviously all hell breaks loose over the weekend. Two straight good ones, though, you guys, for the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs back? And insofar as they were ever gone, Jake? Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to Funston first. Yeah, Chiefs, <laughs> uh, look... They're, they're back, but the three people are back, and it's Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, but mm-hmm. they never really left. I mean, yeah, you're going to have down games. <laughs> they're fine. No, the one that I was going to say is, like, I, I just don't feel great about Clyde Edwards-Alaire still. Clyde yeah. Edwards-Alaire is definitively touchdown-reliant now at this point. Well, what He's, about Darrell Williams, you know, too? I, that, that, that whole backfield didn't do anything. Right. So it's just, and it's it was a cake matchup, but you know at least well well we know Edwards Alaire is the lead. Mm-hmm. So, but if he's not getting a touchdown, he's barely even getting into the RB two conversation on yards alone because he's splitting with as you mentioned with Darrell Williams. So yeah, you roll out the three, but that's it. It's Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, and then you could have a conversation of benching Edwards Alaire for Craig Reynolds like that's you go back to the <laughs> yeah. start your studs. Edwards Alaire is not a stud. Not a stud he never was a stud. Yeah, benching for are you benching him for Deontay Foreman. Mm, no, you're talking Foster's to me. Uh, like, I probably won't either. Okay. Uh, I'll, you know, I'd rather okay. have. I mean, you look at thirteen points. It's the offense there. If it's close, I want the team that could hang forty. And I don't feel like Tennessee is in that position right now. So, yeah. um, on the flip side, I kind of think if you have Austin Eckler, there was a little bit more evidence that Justin Jackson would be. It would still be a village. Maybe. Maybe. But, it, I mean, he seems like he would be the biggest recipient of touches. I mean, that's what we just saw. Mm-hmm. Obviously, other guys would be mixed in. But if you have to just take one, I think we feel more solidified about it being Justin Jackson at this point. Were you just about to do a take the village? It takes a village I almost thing? did. I, I backed up. I, you know, that's, <laughs> I think I'm ahead of my quota right now, so I had to pull back. <laughs> I will agree with that, that uh, that if you're sitting out there, you're an Austin Eckler manager, you're moving on to week 16, just in case uh, Justin Jackson looks like the guy to back him up with. But you got to feel good about what Eckler gave you uh, in that game, coming back from the ankle injury, quick turnaround, and now he's going to have all that time off before the Chargers uh, play next week. So uh, it's gonna, definitely going to be Austin Eckler back in control of that Chargers backfield in week 16. Packers and Ravens, next game up to talk here, you guys. I mean, is anyone playing better than Aaron Rodgers? Maybe Tyler Huntley from a fantasy perspective in this game, but Aaron Rodgers is getting it done, and it's trickling down to the rest of the offense. We saw the the Ravens really do what they could to take away Devontae Adams, and they certainly limited him relative to what he typically does, although Devontae Adams is not someone you totally shut down. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling was there again, going north and 90 yards, scoring a touchdown. Where does he sit for you, Funston, heading into week, week 16? Uh, wide receiver three. I mean, you're going to get the air yards. We've seen how this goes, though. Some weeks those work out. Some weeks they don't. Um, in this particular matchup, you know, it's been it's been a team that you've been able to pick on uh, through the air. So uh, it's it's still going to give me like a little bit of a like a little bit of uh, fear. I don't know what it, you know what the right word, but like just I'm going to have some hesitancy if I'm putting him in my lineup, mm-hmm. knowing. That there is a decently, uh, you know, decent kind of floor that goes pretty low with him, but also the ceiling's looking pretty good as well. Jake, looking at the other side of this game, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but looking at the other side of this game, obviously we all know what Tyler Huntley did. Lamar Jackson trying to make his way back from an ankle injury in Week 16. The Ravens get the Bengals. It's a big AFC North matchup. Obviously, both those teams going into it at eight and six. It is a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so we're gonna know. Probably not gonna have to make a decision blind on Lamar Jackson. If Tyler Huntley gets the start again, where does he sit for you in your rankings? 
He would be in the same conversation of, you know, the the basically Taysom Hill with a better matchup is that QB 10, 11 range right mm-hmm. around there. We just saw the best of Tyler Huntley, but a lot of it came on the ground too. And so do you expect that same kind of success to carry over? You have to bake in some of the risk. He could finish QB 1, he could finish QB 20, as Taysom Hill has just proven. It's like that's the downside of when you have these kind of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he would be in the low-end QB 1 conversation. But for all intents and purposes, it sounds like Lamar Jackson should yeah. be fine. Yeah, I, it does. I just say like Tyler Huntley is. deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL somewhere. There's so many bad quarterbacks out there. I mean, this guy. You're still in Emory Hunt's tweet from yesterday. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I saw him at Utah. I liked him coming out of college. I was surprised he didn't even get drafted. He was an undrafted guy. I mean, he fits obviously with Baltimore, but I was just looking it up. He's a restricted fri- rights free agent next year. So the, you probably have to trade with Baltimore to make it happen. But I mean, he's perfect for their backup. But God, yeah. considering how bad a lot of Baltimore probably doesn't even want to let him go. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, think Pittsburgh is, would be interested in having a guy like that. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of teams I think that would. I know you're just, Pitt- know you're just throwing out for... a hypothetical, but uh, I, yeah. I got a feeling the All Ravens aren't ball. trading him in division. No, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a way they We're could have those make... conversations all <laughs> yeah. season. Like I, I keep telling you, Watson. Pittsburgh's the one place where Watson makes the most sense with Tomlin and that's fan base, everything like that. Well, Watson's, Watson's good enough. This. That We're going to talk makes... about Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Gardner Minshew to Pittsburgh? Oh, God. That would be, <laughs> as a fallback, it would be longer. be better than what they got behind Roethlisberger now. It might even be better than what they got. It might be better than Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it probably would be. Uh, Jake's right. we gotta save, we got to save something for the offseason. How about Dolphins and Jets? We are definitely not saving them for the offseason. Jets, or Dolphins, excuse me, six wins in a row from 1-7 and seven to 7-7. Seven and seven, And a uh, huge game out of Duke Johnson in this one. Miles Gaskin got 10 carries. I mean, on a per-carry basis, looked good. I mean, he looked like himself. So, Funston, you take this one first. Let's hear from both of you on this. How are you handling the Miami backfield going into week 16? Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is going to, I mean, this is, this is so frustrating. Duke Johnson, really? I mean, he's down there in the goal line, getting goal line carries and, uh, and Miami is uh, been so unproductive all year. And so they're, they're going to have to follow this scent, right? They're going to have to continue to use uh, Duke Johnson a decent amount. I think in most weeks, like if Miami's splitting backfield touches, I don't want anything to do with them because they're not that they haven't been that productive. So I, I you look at this one instance where you face the Jets, like I think you gotta take this with the you know, with a grain of salt. I don't know if I wanna ride either of these guys next week. And the only one I would actually turn to Gaskin because yeah. Saints and the passing option. That's the interesting yeah. thing is that Duke Johnson was used <laughs> less on passing downs than Asking was. I mean, that's really what it comes down oh, to. It was a, Played fewer it was snaps. Hilarious. Because he used to be like the, was, you know, the quintessential receiving back. The pass, mm-hmm. yeah, the third down option. So yeah. with the fewer snaps and Gaskin's game back, where we saw Gaskin before the game, there were some reports saying that he was still feeling some of the effects. Is that's why I think yeah. maybe a little bit, as you mentioned, Funston, he did look good. But I would say Gaskin in front of him, but I don't want to start either one of them if mm-hmm. I don't have to. But I guess the Saints, yep. I would go Gaskin. That's Monday Night Football next week, the Dolphins and the Saints. And what has become... Don't wait. Like, you don't have to wait anyway because what if they get COVID situations and it's Monday night? <laughs> so just play people on Sunday and yeah. then you don't have to worry about it. There you go. Gaskin went 10 for 54. And this is like a corollary to what you've been saying, Jake, all season long of when a team brings a running back back uh, from an injury and his replacement has been productive, clearly they think that that guy is going right back in that role. It's not exactly the same here, but the fact that Gaskin comes back, he goes 10 for 54. I do think we should expect Gaskin to be back in that lead role, even though Duke did everything possible to make a case for himself in this game against the Jets. I have a feeling that a lot of backs would have been able to do that, which is not to take anything away from Duke, but still definitely something we got to think about. And I don't think we need to think about the Jets at all. We barely have to think about this game. Saints nine, Buccaneers zero. Uh, You lose Chris Godwin. You lose Mike Evans right off the bat. Then a little bit later, you lose Leonard Fournette. It was just the, the, the Bucks were like dead man walking at that point. And this is a team that has given them trouble for the last two years running. And so it, it felt like a game that once we saw it playing out, we knew exactly what was going to happen way before it actually happened. What are we doing with all these Bucks injuries? You guys going into next week, the Bucks play the Panthers. I believe that's a one Eastern kickoff also. So we're going to know. I think it's a one Eastern kickoff. But uh, Jake, what are you doing with all these with Godwin, with Evans, with Fournette? How are you waiting on these guys? Well, Goblin's out for the rest of the regular season. So they, they announced that earlier this morning and that Mike Evans isn't that severe. So if well, Mike Evans plays. Antonio play Brown's Evans. coming back, too. Not this week. Next week. Next, they said, yeah. week six, I they said week 16. Oh, okay. No, yeah. 17. 
Yeah, 17. So there you go. Uh, so, yeah, Mike Evans, you fire up. Maybe if you're desperate, you play a Tyler Johnson as a boomer bust wide receiver four. And, and in the replacement of it, uh, Ronald Jones is going to be in. Fournette's missing at least one game, if not two games. So Ronald Jones is mm-hmm. now taking it again. Make sure these high-end backups where they have a clear lead role like that are not sitting out there in your waivers like Samaje Ryan, which might even be a situation as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones, you're firing up. Mike Evans, you're firing up. Tom Brady, you're going right back to Tom Brady. Again, this is the Saints defense, which is one of the best. They also know how to play Tom Brady. That's shown that for years and years. And actually, during that game last night, if you were still watching through that misery, they were even talking about the fact that the D coordinator for the Saints, his name's slipping my mind right now, is getting head... Yeah, Dennis Allen, thank you. Just get like Allen came into my mind. I was thinking the other Allen. Um, but anyway, like that they're talking about hedge coaching potentially next year roles just because of how good he's been able yeah. to play Tom Brady. And like I'm like, really? We're doing that? We're giving <laughs> coaching jobs off of playing Tom Brady. But I'm still he's playing Brady. For a second I'm still shot playing at the head coaching yeah, uh, situation after uh, Tom, after the Raiders uh, days. You got the volume for Gronk, it just didn't connect. Tom Brady yeah. was just off in that game. So yeah, I'm going right back to all those Buccaneers. It, it it's the Bradyest thing in the world. I mean, there are so many things that are so Brady. The Bradyest thing in the world, maybe, is that there would be one team that finally figures him out, right? And he, the only and time he's beaten them is in the playoffs, right? They're one and four against the Saints the last two seasons, and the Saints are four and zero oh in their regular season meetings. And the one win that the Buccaneers have against the Saints the last two years comes in the playoffs. Hey, somebody like, did that. If that's before not Brady. Then. I don't it's know what is. It, no, it's Eli Manning. That's what happened with Eli Manning. Don't, don't beat him in the regular season. Only beat him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, just beat him when it actually That's counts. Right. Uh, we, we we had this conversation a couple of times last year. I think we've already had it once this year. But I think it bears going over one more time after what we saw last night. Funston, Alvin Kamara playing alongside Taysom Hill. It did not look good yesterday. No, it did not look good. Um, and, yeah, the passing game wasn't there. And, and Tampa's typically been a defense that you can – you know, they gave up a lot of production to running backs in the passing game. So it's been a mixed bag. And I think that's kind of what you have to expect. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Alvin Kamara was looked great. So, uh, you know, there's not much you can do here. You have to play him. He is the guy that they will lean on. Mm-hmm. But then you get in a game where it's nine nothing. I think he has to throw this out of the, out of the equation. Just forget about it. And, and no, like Jake said, it's like. He's one of these studs that gets, you know, on a normal week is going to get you 20 touches. So you just got to play that guy. You know, it's kind of the same with the Tampa guys. If they're if they're healthy, you're playing them because they are the few that we talked about earlier that are studs. They definitely are that. Let's get on to Bills and Panthers here, guys. Bills come away with a pretty easy 31-14 victory. Jake, you mentioned it right off the top. Devin Singletary, big winner in week 15, 22 carries in that game and look good getting them uh we're talking about him already as someone who we're going to be playing next week like where is he gonna where do you think way before you've done your rankings but if you just had to off the top of your head here where are you gonna be default slotting him as you start working through it later this week he'll be in the rb2 conversation and really what it comes down to not a great matchup though they face the patriots, patriots. so you have to worry game. about that and it's not a snow game, at least as of right now <laughs> so <laughs> you have to go back to that but that's good for the bills. I say he's still that's in, that's, that's yeah. pro bills right there yeah, so low end, as I was going to say, yeah, low end RB2 as of right now. You know, see how these things play out. But the fact is, it's going to come down to the reason he's even that conversation is just the volume play. Mm-hmm. It's again, bad situation. But hey, look, Jonathan Taylor just destroyed the Patriots. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Devin Singletary is not Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor but uh, <laughs> yeah. but still, I, I mean, I think he's got to be in there too. I think he has to be in. That's in like the weather was great for the Patriots in that matchup. And the, anything But see, I'll tell than you right that, now, Ronald Jones versus Devin Singletary. Yeah, I'm gonna, I would rather start Ronald Jones. I'm there with you. Funston, Ronald Jones mm-hmm. for Singletary. And then also when you're default starting things out, where's Singletary going to be for you? Mm. Um, probably, I'm guessing, late 20s at the running back position. So more like an RB3 um, you know, sort of guy. Like a, like a higher end RB3. I mean, I, I think that's probably where I'll end up just imagining, you know, right now. Um, but I think it's about the right range. Um and yeah, I I I, would, I agree. If 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 it's Ronald Jones is the lead guy, I'm going Ronald Jones. Yeah. Um, on the other side of this game, we did, as you mentioned, Funston saw another bad real life game, but useful fantasy game out of Cam Newton. Panthers get the Bucks next week. Is he in that same low end wide receiver or quarterback one discussion because of what he can do as a runner, or are you just really trying to get away from him in that matchup? Well, I think we saw with Taysom Hill, who's you know not dissimilar to Cam Newton, and what he brings to the table is 
that's that's the you know the worry right mm-hmm. there. That's what you could get. And Cam Newton, good lord, I just saw him throw <laughs> tried to throw a, a quick quick out into the flat, and it was like a torpedo in the ground, like five yards behind the guy. It was so bad. But then he gives you seventy rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, and you're like, God. I mean, if you play Cam Newton, you can't watch it. I always say that, <laughs> like you like- just can't watch it, but. There's, I think 150 yards, a, a passing TD and a rushing TD and 70 yards is always on the yep. table for Cam. And that's what's frustrating about it because he is such a poor real-life NFL quarterback <laughs> those, at this point. Some of those throws that he makes are like like topspin line drives with like a 101-mile-per-hour <laughs> exit velocity. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, <don't>. Yeah. <laughs> So to your point, I'm probably going to hedge and put him like, I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 15, and that makes him usable for somebody. I'm just Uh guessing right now. I mean, you you have to account for that upside, but like I said, you could get the Taysom Hill game, and literally you don't want that. Yeah, definitely could uh, could get that. Jake, you on the same page there? No. There's no way on earth. No, I'm not starting Cam Newton. No, (laughs) not at all. Period. Ever. Uh, Okay. Who's like the worst worst quarterback you would start over him? Would you start Davis Mike Mills. Glennon over him? <laughs> no, because he's not even going to start. We got the Frominator yesterday. We're not even. Mike Glennon's done. <laughs> the, We're done. The uh, Frominator. Uh, Houston's got. Oh no, no, no! I was going to say Davis Mills. I was legitimately Davis Mills looked good. People Davis forgot Mills about in college right, yeah. that Davis Mills was a highly reg- he was supposed to replace Andrew Luck as the next Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they get the Chargers. So yeah, and Justin Fields against Seattle. I would definitely start Fields. Yeah, for uh, sure. Let's see. What about, what about someone like Ben Roethlisberger? Who I'm they looking get the at Chiefs. The or Jimmy Garoppolo, where you're not getting any. There's no rushing upside whatsoever. I'm doing Garoppolo for sure against Tennessee. I know they've been playing better yeah. against the pass of recent, but I would definitely go Jimmy Garoppolo. The biggest thing with Cam is it's not even just the rushing upside. If he doesn't get a rushing touchdown, and then if he looks terrible, PJ Walker. They did. They opened yeah, the door to the, freaking Sam concern, Darnold yeah. coming in at quarterback. Yeah. That the thing I would no, be he, most worried that, about that, is PJ Walker. A great point. At any point, Matt Rule could say, "All right, get in there, PJ." I would legitimately yeah. like. Oh, you know how much I hate him, but Jared Goff Cook doesn't against play Atlanta. No, Jared <laughs> Goff against Atlanta. I would yeah. think long and hard about Goff over Cam Newton. I mean, if you're making an argument for Amon Ross St. Brown as an easy starter, and for Josh Reynolds as like a fringy wide receiver three, it's just. I mean, when it goes bad for Goff, it goes <laughs> golful, as the joke yeah. is. But I mean, yeah. when it goes bad for Newton, yeah, it just as, yeah, just because his name doesn't rhyme with awful doesn't Jake mean it though- doesn't go golful for him too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just questioning, Jake, when you do your rankings, is this going to be one of those things where Cam Newton will show higher in your QB rankings, but you wouldn't actually follow uh, like your projections? No, also, no. In real life. So my rankings are my real rankings. The projections might show different. That's yeah. what you're saying. Like yeah. Projections. Yeah, exactly. He, he might rank at like 16 projections, but then when I rank for my, I'll probably put him at like 20. He's like 24. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. Okay. I'd be interested yeah. to see where no, two- Mike, Mike Glennon, you could leave the QB position open and do better because he scored <laughs> negative points. Everybody in the show did better than Mike Glennon did in fantasy this week. I mean, it was a brutal game just all around. And like Dak Prescott, guys, we, we talked about it last week. We're like, all right, when do we start talking about like Dak being it's game manager Dak? Game manager Dak is back and that is bad for him, obviously, but it's bad for Cooper. It's bad for CeeDee. It's bad for everyone in Dallas, and, and I think it's something that we're, we have to be looking at with some real concern right now. Cowboys get Washington next week. Uh, I mean, what are you doing with yeah. these guys, Jake, with him, with all the – I mean, you're playing them, but how do you feel about them? Are you playing Dak? Mm, nah, I think that's a question you could have. I mean, this is – go back to the studs thing. He hasn't been a stud since he injured his calf, yeah. and part of his like, – we talked about that last week, and I even speculated, said, is it the calf still? But you have to think it's healthy at this point, but – you know, it's been the Cooper inconsistency. He wasn't. He missed time with the COVID situation. Lamb missed a little bit of time in there, so, or wasn't healthy 100. Uh, percent Was Dallas? Dallas says what? As you mentioned, Washington at home. It's mm-hmm. Sunday night, and like that, almost like Jeff says this a lot when I do the show with him, and he's like, "Take more decisions out of my hands." Like that's the, we talk about that all the time. It's like yeah. the, you know, if you have three close options, and this is why I don't like two tight ends at like the tight end twelve to fifteen range, is because you're usually going to pick just pick one and stick with it. Take a decision out of your hands. Yeah. You might just say start somebody else instead of risking that something happens in the Dallas game on Sunday night before you find out. But I think that Dak is still be a low end QB one. He's still a QB one based on the upside of what he could do. But mm-hmm. now. He's in the conversation of like the floor is super low, and so he's more yes. he's more of a high upside, low floor guy at this point of his career, or this season, I this should season, say. This season, yeah. yeah, yeah, 
It's and I'll say the running backs look good. Even Tony Pollard with the plantar fascia mm-hmm. injury, uh, he looked great, and I think Zeke looked looked pretty good as well. Uh, and we know he's banged up, and Tony Pollard always looks like he has more life to him. Uh, for the life of me, I would I love to know what, what the. Ba- what the base defenses are for those guys, because it seems like Tony Pollard gets more yards before contact than Zeke does all mm-hmm. the time. And so, but they both look good. So I'm looking at the 4 p.m. games and assuming tomorrow, assuming everything looks right and we get Lockett back either tomorrow or for next week. I mean, Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like we just been waiting for him to be healthy at this point, even though Russell Wilson doesn't even run much anymore anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, I, I think that that would be a non controversial position to have Russ ranked over Dak with what we see from Dak for really, like you said, Jake, since that Broncos game where he first came back from the injury. Just hasn't right. been right for him for that entire offense. Um, 49ers and Falcons. Let's talk about that game for a second here. 49ers cruise with a 31-13 win. We already talked about Cordell Patterson and how, like, I mean, th- the crazy thing about Cordell Patterson isn't necessarily that he's no longer producing the way he was earlier in the season. It's how swift the fall was. I mean, it was it was weeks ago that we were that no one even thought twice about him being not only in your starting lineup, but like having top ten running back expectations for him. And now we're talking about him being just as obviously a guy you sit on your bench. I mean, can you remember anything like this, either of you guys? Mm, no. It's crazy, <laughs> right? Summer, but yeah. Um I have a short memory for all this stuff. Um <laughs> but you know, I mean, he did get 11 carries. He just didn't do anything with them. Yeah. He, you know, he, and he had, what, I don't know, he had a couple catches. So, I mean, 13 touches is not that far out of the realm of what he's typically getting. Just was uh, completely unproductive. And um, like, like we said earlier in the show, it doesn't make any sense that the guy that's was most consistently giving you offense week in and week out and, you know, that they just kind of start to shy away from that mm-hmm. I mean, who else who else you lean it on there i mean yeah. it's nothing it's like the tennessee titans after that you know? you're scoring 13 points that's what you're doing yeah I mean, yeah, exactly <laughs> all right guys three more games that i want to get into texans and jaguars the first one of those three texans win this one 30 to 16 uh but on the other side james robinson he's back huh back to james robinson being good for fantasy purposes what do you know right you give your best player the ball 18 times and he does something with it. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that was possible? How are you feeling about James Robinson the rest of the way, Jake? They were really good. Uh, it really comes down to, you know, Carlos Hyde was inactive too. So they're mm-hmm. down to Dario Gubuale. So you look at Jacksonville this week and Jacksonville heads to the Jets. So even if <laughs> Carlos Hyde is back, you still feel, yeah, you still feel really good about that. But I would say, look, the what was it, 85, 90%? Yeah. That's what we saw last year when they had no other options. So, you know, probably falls maybe into like the 75% range. But again, against the Jets, we just saw what happens when you can yep. get significant work against them. So I, I feel great about them. But I would have been I would have been a little bit more concerned if they were facing somebody even middle of the pack. Like, you know, the Saints would have been actually they're one of the worst potential. But that's what I'm saying. It's like I wouldn't wouldn't overreact to just one game of no Urban Meyer. Let's like the offense still has a miserable offensive line, yeah. a rookie quarterback that's struggling beyond belief in a passing game that has nothing. Oh, the editor in me is coming out, Beller. Is that is that you spelling Jaguars? Oh, uh, Jaguars. Jaguars. But Robinson could have had a great case to be the winner of the week or the people that have him because he gets back into a volume yeah. lead guy just in time for Houston and the Jets back to back in the playoffs. Like. Thank, good timing. If you're gonna, you know, if, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go wrong for a while, do it before the playoffs. Can we and just make call sure them back. the winners? They got rid <laughs> yeah. of Urban, so the, yeah. the Jaguars are yeah. very much better now. <laughs> and they are in line for the first pick now. Uh, right? No, uh, no, they have no. two. They have two wins, right? Yeah, but and Houston, Detroit has two wins and a tie. Yeah, so they're better than Detroit, and they're better okay, than so they're, they're worse they, than the they, Texans. I mean, yeah. you, you, by better, you mean better in, tech, in terms of the no, draft yeah, the, pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, okay, better. <laughs> yeah, so they have the first, they got the first draft pick by losing to the Texans yesterday. Yeah. So, yes, there you go. And they, I, I would assume they can not lock it up, but come awfully close if they lose to the Jets also. Uh, <laughs> they can yeah, lock they, it up. Very clo- I mean, yeah, it would depend on what yeah. Houston does the rest of the way. Houston's got Chargers, 49ers, Titans, so they might lose out. <laughs> Speaking of Houston, do you guys care at all about Rex Burkhead's vol- volume in this game? 16 carries? Nope. Nope. Yep. 
Well, we're, I mean, we're 15 weeks in. We wouldn't have to have cared about a, a Texans running back all year long. <laughs> there really, has there been one? Maybe Mark Ingram in week what? When yeah, he had Mark like, Ingram what, when he was, carries yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even that wasn't even productive. But yeah, if you just ignored this position all year long, you wouldn't even know it. It's like if a tree falls in the forest and you're not yeah. there to hear it. It doesn't uh, make a sound. <laughs> Colts and Patriots back on Saturday night, you guys. Colts win this one 27-17 despite 57 passing yards. From uh from Carson Wentz in this game, I, I don't really know if there's anything we draw that's fantasy actionable from this one, other than maybe like it's Jonathan Taylor and no one for the Colts on offense, right? I mean, you're you're starting Jonathan Taylor, obviously, and I don't think anyone else in Indy even like draws a second look, do they? Yeah, Michael Pittman. It's the matchup, dude. They, they, this is what was going in. Uh, it's it's funny. Like I had Pittman in my mid low twenties the entire week, and I saw the consensus come closer and closer. Like it started out at the beginning of the week, I was like minus eleven under mm-hmm. consensus on Pittman. And interestingly, the consensus came around and came around and came. Jackson has been that dot. Like we're talking. Take the name. I always say that a lot. That's kind of my cliche. Take the name off the jersey. Put Gilmore on the back of the jersey and understand the respect that should be given when you're facing this defense, and that's what it comes down to. So, yeah, who also got tossed out of the game, Pittman? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> starting against Arizona this week, Pittman's right back into the wide receiver two conversation. He is okay. the other person of relevancy. Okay, okay. Funston, any, I mean, do you draw anything out of this game? Obviously, the Patriots just— Well, I, I, the, the Ramondre Stevenson, what was it, 10 for 36? That yeah. was a major disappointment for me. He got game scripted out. Mm-hmm. He got game scripted out. But, you know, what it'll do is, is, you know, Damian Harris is back. He'll be back in the lead role and we'll yeah. get, you know, we'll get a milk, a watered down version again of, you know, it was just yeah. great to see like the opportunity for a true lead role and maybe get getting... back. It's Buffalo. Well, I don't want to split backfield against Buffalo. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I know. But that's the problem. That's like that's that's the issue. I think mm-hmm. he will be back. He wasn't that far off from. You know, just following the injury all week long. So Yeah, yeah. They took that right. up to the last possible moment before they ruled him out. So I would imagine yeah. he'll be all right for this game against Buffalo. Huge game in the AFC East with those two teams getting together. The winner will be in first place in the division. Uh, one more game, guys. Ba- Bengals and Broncos. Bengals win this one 15-10. to 10. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, that, that, that's my yeah. thought when I think about either of these passing games. Well, it right really now. comes down to – well – the perimeter receivers, Denver Broncos, Patrick Sertain, understand that you beat him well, in the sure, spot. That's all. But still. Yeah, it's a, nobody no, of course, nobody expected I didn't expect it to be that bad. And that's the big thing is like you just expected it to be better in that game. The biggest thing out of this is thank God Teddy Bridgewater also released from the hospital yes. this morning. It's like that so like that's great. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's the running game for both and you have to go and watch the Joe Mixon injury. Uh yeah. That's really, I mean, there's not a whole lot to take out of this. Is don't start a Broncos wide receiver. Yeah. And then the Bengals should hopefully rebound this week. Yeah. Funston yeah, in a world just... where Samaj P. Ryan is starting for the Bengals against the Ravens next week. Where is he in your running back rankings? Uh, Ravens are, you know, they're a pretty tough defense to run against. And, yeah. like, you know, you look at this previous meeting, this was a 400 yard, like, three touchdown game for Joe Burrow. Yeah. So they have, they have the ability to. P. Air Ryan it had out. a productive game no that week, didn't left. he? What's that? I said that Pirine oh, yeah. Ryan had a productive game against the Ravens the first time they played, didn't he? Um, I want to say, well, yeah, he went. Pirine went eleven up. for fifty-two with a touchdown and caught one pass for twenty-three yards. Yeah, but the eleven, the eleven carries. I mean, that that might be this might be one of those games where you don't get the you know the game manager script out of Cincinnati. Devin Singletary or Samaj Pirine. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably going to go slightly in the P Ryan. Uh, wow. Honestly. I was not expecting P- that. P-, P Ryan or Craig Reynolds. <laughs> Craig Reynolds. By the way, do you know who, uh, who's a graduate of Kutztown? Uh, I you? only because I actually, I looked it up last night. There's one uh, very good not, NFL player who went to the same school as, uh, one as very good fantasy, fantasy analyst. One very good industry. fantasy analyst. Is, is that you? I went to ODU. No, Mike Clay. <laughs> oh, really? Mike Clay. Yeah, he's a. You know who else? You know, who? Oh, Andre, yeah, Andre Reed. Andre Reed. That's right. Yeah. How about that? There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so to answer the question, um, <laughs> Craig Reynolds two weeks in a row has looked really good, and, and honestly, this Detroit offense has been good all year long at getting production out of the backfield. Whether it's been DeAndre Swift uh-huh. or Jamal Williams or now Craig Reynolds. So yeah, I mean, if it's Craig Reynolds again. 
I'm in. I actually I, I ran with him on a team that's not going to see next week, uh, but it wasn't Craig Reynolds' fault. <laughs> yeah, 37 carries and 195 yards for Craig Reynolds the last two weeks, so definitely putting himself on the radar, especially if Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift have to miss one more game. Speaking of one more game, we actually have four more games in Week 15. Uh, what are you guys watching for? We got Browns, Raiders, Bears, Vikings later today, tomorrow, Eagles, Washington, Rams, Seahawks. Uh, just one thing that you're watching for in these games, Jake. <laughs> Oh, well, two things real quick. I was looking up during the last break and yeah, the Antonio Brown actually for the person that mentioned in the chat, he is back this week because he had oh, the okay. suspension. Well, because the suspension happened, I didn't think yeah. that week got included. It did though. I didn't uh, think that. That's I why it's, it, it was three. I was See, looking I at a think, news note yeah. that said week 16 and I just held off because I was like, oh, maybe it's it's wrong. No, you guys we were both, I guess, adamant. in the same place. When yeah. it happened in week 14, I assumed it was starting after that. So did and I. So anyway, yeah. it actually got in before that. So it's 14. Or yeah, so he is back. Anyway, that being said, so Antonio Brown for everybody. So Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. Uh, so watching for this week, tonight, you know I want Justin Fields. Justin to somehow Fields, score 25, 25 points. points. <laughs> I am watching that. Tomorrow, I'm hoping Tyler Lockett comes back, but I'm really interested to see Daryl Henderson as he get his lead probably eighty uh-huh. percent. No, but I do think he steps back into the lead, and this might be more of a sixty forty type of split. Yeah, selfishly, I'm interested in seeing if Rashad Penny can double down yeah. on what he did last week. I'm obviously not to that level, but the Rams have always been a tough defensive matchup for the Seahawks. So if he does anything serviceable, that's a, probably a major win for. If he Rashad has another hundred yard game, Rashad Penny or Saquon Barkley, start your studs. <laughs> do you do uh, if he does it against the Rams, I will go with Rashad Penny. That's a good one. That's Bears and Lions coming up the next few weeks for the Seahawks after this. So very nice. Uh, selfishly, I need Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery to go crazy. So I got it. <laughs> I got those two sitting in a lineup that possible uh, after to, yeah after what was a very screwy week fifteen Sunday Justin Jefferson going up a against a decimated Bears secondary no Jalen Johnson for the Bears tonight I think we could see an all timer from Justin Jefferson I think we could see <laughs> something get twenty yards <laughs> yeah, right. I mean this is just with with no Adam Thielen <laughs> with the Bears injuries with the Bears susceptibility <laughs> to deep plays already. I think we could end up seeing, you know, like a. Is like this a, a Flipper 12, Anderson, like 300 yeah, yard kind of game? Think, there you go. I think we could see something big, big <laughs> from Justin Jefferson tonight. Loving the over 93 and a half receiving yards prop that he's got uh, available on BetMGM right now. So, well, hopefully, everyone who needs something to go right for them tonight and tomorrow, hopefully, if you're watching the show, you do end up getting that. We thank you for joining us on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. For Jake and Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Good luck to everyone still fighting for their playoff lives the rest of week 15. We'll We'll be with you all week long here to talk through week 16 and get you ready for the fantasy football semifinals. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. See you.